July 11, 2009. It's a Watt from Pedro's show.
powiedziałem. Ano brutaja lokaj! Ano brutaja lokaj, tonale! Live from Pedro's show. Live from Pedro's show. July 11, 2009 edition. Started off with some John Coltrane doing Say It over and over again. And then we heard a guy who cut his neck three times by himself in Brazil by Vastio Raman. And all that noise there is from our guest today, <laughs> Skipper Jeff, fellow Welcome. San Pedro resident. Ahoy. Brother Matt, thanks for welcoming my bar, dude, brother. Pleasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah Welcome aboard. Did you take the boat out today? No, it was uh, working on the boat day. The radar needed some attention. Okay. The belt popped off. Been getting plenty of wind lately, huh? Oh, it's beautiful out there right now. Where I'd rather be. No, I want to be here, man. <laughs> go ahead. What do you mean? Is it safe to go out without radar? Oh, absolutely. God, you know, I mean, I've only had to use it a half a dozen times where it, uh, you know, gives you an advantage to uh, get over to Catalina and uh, you got a deadline to get back and the fog rolls in. I don't have to sit and worry about it uh, yes yeah about what kind of hell's lurking yeah and there's hell out there we got uh, major yeah. shipping lanes yeah and also storms come up they come up quick or just heavy water heavy sea we have the last week have had some waves uh there's surfers are at palms and stuff yeah you got white caps out there right now you know walk, yeah walk, right walked out on the point uh, I'd be busy. <laughs> Twelve knots or so is when it starts capping a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, it's trippy. Sometimes you can have big waves without the big wind. Because there's just some kind of current. Well, kind of... you get swells that come from storms that are yeah, offshore. Yeah, out, right. You know, because it's happened where I'm paddling out by the lighthouse and like, wow, the water's just lifting up and, and yeah, it ain't that windy. Yeah, the storm's gonna occur uh, thousands of miles away, and then the waves, you know, they just. Uh, Pick up speed as uh, time goes by. Right. Also, the buoy tender boat had just came by, and that was putting out. She don't move that fast, but she moves some water, and, and I could feel it. I Were you uh, paddling this morning? Uh, no, paddling this morning. Yeah. I paddled, I paddled yesterday, and uh, I've been paddling a couple days. I'm trying to get recordings. The buoy tender's motors were so loud, of course, you know. One reason I did outside the breakwaters, Sam, for this Cuz project we're working on, he wants to get me recording paddling. Oh, cool. But you're hearing this motor, uh, or in the harbor, the sounds, and I'm working on the docks, they don't There's sound like open sea. Yeah. So I uh, also want to get the 
Angel Gate Lighthouse, so I have to do it coming from the sea, not from the harbor, because there's the harbor sounds. Yeah. Shit slamming on the... Industrial stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the motors from the boats. And the worst... I mean, worst as far as record helicopters and airplanes. Oh, I hear that, man. Uh, Yeah, that... uh, Yeah, I went through that, trying to have a conversation with people on the docks, and, you know, much respect to the Coast Guard, but they... They'll buzz our marina and circle right around, <laughs> come low, and it's like... Especially the big orange babies. Yeah, Boy, that's they, what we had this morning. Big motors. <laughs> yeah, like, chop, chop. Yeah, I give up on the conversation then. Everybody <laughs> talks so loud like you're yelling down there. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. Uh, so you got a big Blue Oyster cult gig coming up, right? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Try I didn't know to... Alan stopped playing with him. When was when that happened? Yeah, well, that's a big mystery. Uh, How I saw, long ago? Saw him last in... It's been most sweet for a long time. I saw him the last time at Catalina, ironically. They played the... Avalon casino, Ballroom? Uh, Avalon Ballroom. And he was there, and it was an amazing uh, weekend, because BOC never does this. They, there's a little sushi bar that's... Act, that, this was 2006, just to clarify the time frame and to yeah. answer your question that uh Lanier hasn't played with him uh since fall of 06 and i'm a regular on the boc fan site that's bocfans.com yeah yeah <laughs> some good people there uh i don't uh i think it's the gal's name her surname or internet name is alma i believe um okay, i don't Bowley, know maybe some no fan Bo- club but it is spelled with an e. Yeah, yeah, he's from Norway Sweden, or Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. yeah, no, he. I met uh, him years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember where the teaser or, or the palace before it was called the Avalon. Or, he said he, he came out working. here. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Out here, the the palace was is right across the street from the Capitol oh, building. Yeah, on uh, Vine. Yeah. And then teaser was on Sunset at uh, Crescent oh, Heights. Yeah. I don't even know if it's called Teaser anymore, but Palace is called Avalon Ballroom now. Yeah. Um, or just the Avalon. Avalon mm-hmm. Ballroom's the casino in Avalon oh, yeah. City proper. <laughs> I just communicated. They do with movies them. there. But in the old days, it was for big bands. Yeah. So uh, I think he was a stagehand or something. Well, he's uh, the lighting director at the Roxy now. Okay, okay. Yeah. Real so he might have man. been working there then, but yeah. he was big BOC fan. Oh, he's and it. Wanted to talk to me about them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to this gig and Catalina, seeing them. Oh yeah, last he's... time seen Alan. Yeah, well, it was an amazing show because uh, the, the we rumor had it walking around downtown Avalon, and the show was on a Monday. We got in on a Sunday. And uh, the locals were saying, hey, BOC's going to be doing an impromptu thing at a little sushi bar. And lo and behold, it happened. But everybody showed except Alan. It was uh, Eric and Buck. And it took them, they just picked up the house gear after they had their sushi dinner. I mean, Buck was playing through a little 60-watt line six, you know. Yeah. And the drummer, oh, God, forgive me, the young guy, um, God dang it brain fart <laughs> i should know it's jules uh i'm not going to pronounce his last name it ain't name. albert bouchon no 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 it's the last uh, tour he did was he, they uh, were called soft out white underbell oh. and he actually played in pedro at the dance and waters yeah yeah oh Early i was 80s. there 
I was there. Early 80s. I think that's yeah, the last 80, time Albert. You're right. That was a brief comeback for a br short little West Coast show. I think he had a blinky bow tie. Yeah. Do you remember? Blinky light bow tie. Yeah, he uh, wore the silver pantsuits. Well, the silver hot pants. He a, wore those at the Long Beach Arena. Yeah. Days. I don't remember yeah. the blinky bow tie and that. Yeah. But this was the comeback. Uh, that was the first time I'd seen him since... Uh, when was the first... Since I saw him in the old days, we saw him a lot in the seventies. But when see him again after, I don't know, Specters, and then we saw this comeback thing, uh, Soft White Underbelly. When was the first time you saw Blue Oyster Cult? I was. I'll never forget. It was my birthday, March thirteenth, nineteen seventy-five, Spokane Coliseum. God, I saw and, him before uh, you did. Some uh, some weak psychedelics, and uh, my life has never been the same since. <laughs> I saw them before you then. I think Did I you? seen them. In, yeah. They were doing some songs. I think it was a Tyranny tour. Maybe at the Long Beach Auditorium? Wow. So that's 72, 73. 73, I think. Yeah. Which has been torn down. And yeah. it's now the Long Beach Opera House. Yeah. I saw T-Rex there. And then I saw them. They were playing some secret treaties. I don't think it was out yet. But... Uh, it was Long Beach Arena, and uh, those days that you would always open up with Staring the Stars. Yeah, I yeah. They I still do from time to time. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they went right into Career of Evil. Yeah. I remember KNAC used to broadcast. In fact, uh, McCoy, what was his name, Jim McCoy, the DJ there? He's a Texas guy, but DJed at KNAC at Long Beach Radio Station. They would broadcast gigs from Yeah. And so I had a tape off the radio. I mean, where you literally, you know, those the two button push down right next to the radio, no line in. Yeah. And I uh, had cassette, and I listened to this at work. I had a job tying L.A. Times, this big kind of string sewing machine. And uh, it was, no, maybe, maybe second song was, OD'd on life and then Career of Evil yeah but they played like I mean 262 and uh, Harvester of Eyes they played some of the secret treaties and then the next year they came around they one of the songs made it to On Your Feet or On Your Knees uh, before the kiss yeah the Red one of my personal favorites which is so much I love the jazzy the break album. in that you know yeah where it so becomes a, like a little rap no where Buck does a you know Oh my god, I should yeah, know the yeah, lyrics. Yeah. Bola slaps me. Solo that starts that off. That's right. And then it sounds like circus, calliope. Yeah. The album version. It's so much different. And strange uh, guitar live. You know, they would change, like, Oh, Deed on Life was much different than the album. The album had, like, kind of Beach Boys chorus with the uh, high yeah. harmonies. And the live, they. In fact, there was a CD version of Tyranny has some live yeah. bonus tracks, and they got it like the live Oh, version. so you're still buying the records, then? You're, you're well, getting the, given, the remasters. I was actually given them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I played them on the show here. I don't have any today. Well, I brought you something special today, speaking of BOC. Uh, there's a, a band, There's a one of their fans is a music teacher at a high school or ju junior high school in Washington State. And uh, they teach a chorus. Uh, the group is called the Dorian Singers. 
And every year he teaches them a Blue Oyster Cult song, and I ha- I burned you a disc that uh, has these little choir girls, all a cappella, singing BOC songs. Like Petra. Yeah, exactly. My favorite one is Flaming Telepaths. These little girls are, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, they God, played that one too. Gone. <laughs> They yeah. played the one Meltzer wrote, uh, <laughs> K.G. Creighton. Yeah. I think he wrote, a, no, he wrote Harvester of Eyes, too. And that's much different than the album. The, they started off with a synthesizer. Yeah. It goes, instead of just the rhythm guitar. Yeah. They would make things different from their studio albums. Yeah. Of course, some songs got all stretched out into mega jams. Yeah. Some some songs, Buck Dharma would end up playing by himself for like ten minutes in the middle. Yeah. Well, then there was the five guitars too. And uh, that that <laughs> that came after. Yeah. That came after he would play with. In fact, that was in ME two sixty two, and he would do this dually with. Uh, it's on on your feet, on your knees. One version of it. Yeah. Where he's doing a, du- a duel with uh, Albert on the drums. And then Albert just gets off the drums and gets a guitar. Actually, it's four guitars because Joe stayed on the bass. Yeah, well, it's technical. Yeah. So, bass isn't a guitar? Uh, <laughs> I wonder. Because the traditional bass is more like a giant violin. I guess yeah. if you have violins, like a guitar. Yeah. yeah. But that's actually where it came from. Yeah. Leo Fender had country western friends. Hey, uh, may they used I, to tour in those days is before vans they toured in station wagons yeah. and fucking stand up basses bogarted they'd have to tie him to the roofs so it was very hard to tour with him yeah. so he just upscaled his telecaster guitar to make the electric bass yeah. and that's why he called it precision because it, it's got frets yeah. because the real basses were like giant violins there's yeah. no frets yeah. so if you have frets it's, you're going to be precisely you don't have to worry about your intonation but and also the recording him was tough there'd be a lot of feedback getting a microphone in there because they're a big chamber in fact one of their nicknames was doghouse huh they called you know it was like big dog so you can say uh, the bass guitar is, is kind of a guitar but it was trying to copy actual bass right in fact his the first basses including his all had mutes. They had this either rubber or felt or foam uh, that would go up against a string, so it would mute them, so they'd go boop, 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 and try to sound like these stand-ups. Yeah. Not really sound like a guitar. Right. That came later with uh, maybe John Airwhistle or Jack, Bra- or Jack Bruce. And, of course, the, the cat who really got the bass guitar going... He's on all the Motown records is James Jamerson. And he comes from the stand-up, and he played with one finger. They called it the hook. And he kind of even played it up like this. Yeah. You can't see on the radio, but uh, I've got a big angle. Have you ever saw, seen uh, Bill Wyman mm-hmm. kind of played that stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah In fact, right. Bill Wyman, everybody thinks Jaco Pastorius is the first to take frets off. Because what happened later down the line was they wanted to go back to the stand-up sound without frets so you could slide around like a violin and uh, he, uh, Bill Wyman had some econo bass in England and he says he pulled his out like in 64, 65 
and Jocko doesn't do it till the late 60s and they filled in the grooves with uh, epoxy oh. so the round wound strings would uh, tear up the fretboard because they're not sitting on the frets right. there's no frets anymore right. but also it'd serve as little markers yeah right where you filled in with the epoxy and uh, wow I think Wyman just left them just had these grooves sitting there, yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, what, 72 this month or next month? Yeah, then, oh, th- I read man. about it in his book. He has a book that talks about the stones up to Brian Jones. Yeah. It's called Stone Alone. I think. He's only three years younger than my mom, man. <laughs> but he was the oldest cat among them, too. Yeah, yeah born in 36, I think. Yeah, got yeah. a trippy guy. Trippy bass parts, yeah. uh, a player. But uh, I always liked the BOC bass player, Joe Bouchard. Uh, we were talking, you, you came to a Pedro gig, a Harold's gig. That's where you met Brother yeah, yeah, Matt. Yeah. Brought you his new record, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's playing guitar. That's true. Right. I right. think he's playing a lot of instruments on that, but I... Oh, really? I sent him a... I know he's playing gigs and stuff, and he's playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, he's got well, a... You're, harm- from, you're from uh, Washington State. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> What, Puget Sound? Yep, all over. Born in uh, Manhattan, but we moved. Uh, parents did missionary work and eventually worked our way back around the world and into California and back up to Washington. It's a long story. Went to like five grade schools. Oh, yeah, <laughs> almost like Navy guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Military, you get the orders. Yeah. You had to move. Um, so that's why you saw them first. In Spokane. Yeah. I was living in Walla Walla. Way Sp- far from the water. Central Washington. Yeah, well, we, uh, Dad moved east. He was a journalist. He was, uh, went to work for the, as the editor for the Walla Walla Union Bulletin. But prior to that, we were in Bremerton, which is on the Sound. And yeah, he was sure. the editor there. And we had, uh, sailboats, uh, all growing up, so yeah. Uh, you talked about your pop going to Alaska by himself. Yeah, so what he did as soon as he older. got the time off in the retirement, he single-handed a twenty-five footer up there and kept it up there for two two years. So he got you into the boats. Yes. So sir. when did you come to Pedro? When am I coming to Pedro? Yeah. When did you get here? Oh, when did I move here? Oh, I lived in California for twenty-five years and just moved to Pedro from. Uh, Tahunga in 2004, and uh, which is near La Crescenta, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's off the Valley. 210, yeah, and lived all over uh, Pasadena and El Monte. Yeah. And, Bob Stars, yeah. he's going to be, supposed to be by here today, yeah. he's from that area, oh, cool. Sierra Madre, yeah. he grew up, he said smog was really bad. Yeah, so that's the first yeah. place she came to in Cali. Actually, Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Yeah, twenty-five years ago. Yeah, it was much different then. Yeah. Wow. I worked for the LA Weekly for uh, two and a half years. So it's like uh, Minutemen days. That's exactly how in I fact, met July you. July twenty-fifth <laughs> is of this month. What in two weeks is twenty-fifth anniversary? Oh, yeah. Of the album coming out. Double Nickels. Yeah, Double yeah. Nickels on the Dime. That album. Well, it is that album for me. Yeah. And in fa- I'm going to fly to New York City that day, and there's some celebration at the Bowery Poetry Club. Cool. Was one of your songs uh, called Bob Dylan Wrote Protest Songs? No, Propaganda Songs. Propaganda it's the first song on 
What Makes a Man Start Fires. Oh, okay. So it ain't on that album, but it's it recorded maybe the year before, a year and a half before. My brother said to ask you about that because uh, he was a Bob Dylan fanatic at the time, and his girlfriend yeah. was a Minuteman fan, and she's, she she goes, don't feed me any more of that, Dylan. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like most things, with the Minuteman things got confused because actually it was not... Um, a uh, bad thing about Bob Dylan. We were feeling a little afraid about getting too personal with our feelings, but then we thought, well, fuck, Bobby Dylan does it. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be afraid either. Yeah. Well, D. Boone wasn't afraid. I was afraid. <laughs> but I was into Dylan as a kid. He's probably the first person I thought that wrote words that were kind of trippy in songs, you know, yeah. as far as meanings. I thought most lyrics in songs was like lead guitar, it was just for sounds. But he seemed like some weird uncle would show up at Thanksgiving and be muttering shit <laughs> that nobody was really paying attention to, except curious young person. And uh, so that's the way I thought it was. I thought it had some kind of strange uh, insider. I don't know. It's like he was trying to do something with like words. Uh, like last night, I saw the Shakespeare uh, right, right. see here. You've seen this? But for 12 years at uh, Point Furman by the Lighthouse. This little troupe is put on uh, oh, that's for right. Shakespeare that's right. gigs, and it was Love's Labor Lost, a romantic comedy kind of thing, mixed up letters, mixed up identities. Uh, it was packed. Man, there's a lot of folks here, a lot different. I've been to a few of them over the years, and uh, it's growing, man. Yeah, is it going on tonight, yeah. too? Or? Yeah. Is it tonight? Thursday, no, Thursday, Thursday and Friday. I think there's going to be, uh, it's tonight, too? I think so. I know with the, the last one in August, like the 8th and the 9th are the big ones. Yeah. It goes. And now they do it like Dondo and maybe there's an Orange yeah. County one. They travel around, too, the same troupe. Yeah, they're, they're ShakespeareByTheSea.org. There's some music thing going on out here tomorrow, right? Yeah, on, Sunday's concerts in the park. Yeah. Yeah, I got... Uh, they do that, but it's all the same bands, right? Every year. Before. Hindsight, you ever heard of them? No, yeah, but I know wingtips and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. One, uh, one ten south. Uh, oh, yeah, that's part of the, that crew. Yeah, they have some connects with the city, so they're always playing. It's usually the sixties. Yeah, so. but it's kind of neat, you know, to have cover bands, right? It'd be neat to have that's maybe some of the young Pedro bands play out there. Yeah, I guess yeah. like some local blood. Um, yeah, last week was Janis Joplin cover band. Yeah, how was she? I didn't go. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, why did you come to Cali for the work to do the week? Yeah, work? man, uh, break out my wonderful career as a graphic designer so I could afford a boat. <laughs> yeah, she's always wanted a boat. I basically thought I was always going to inherit Dad's, but Mom wouldn't let him keep it. So, okay. <laughs> but did no, you do uh, the paddle boats in the Echo Park thing. God, no, I live close to there. You know, that, I mean, that was, they had those little rental. I had a little scooter that I'd take into the city and drive from Silver Lake past that. Yeah, that was, that's a nice park. Yeah. Um, but you probably was waiting to move closer to the coast, huh? You know, I, yeah, I think I always wanted to, but, you know, you get caught up in the city. I liked living in Silver Lake. The clubs were close. Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of back then. Those uh, ON Club. On club or whatever. Oh it was yeah, or down there in Silver Lake. That was Boulevard. the first place I played in 
Silver Lake. It was on Sunset. Yeah. Kind of a ska yeah. bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fishbone and yeah. Orange County Kids had come yeah, it was on scooters. That's, that's what I remember before there was a Silver Lake scene. Yeah. It's mainly kind of Latin working neighborhood. Yeah. Hey, I, when I first uh, saw you, I was working at the Weekly. I was real new. And, uh, you know, I came down here. Unemployment was like 18% oh, yeah, in Washington yeah. State when I came down here. Mm-hmm. And I came down here with my just my little tax refund looking for anything. You know, there just was it was dried up. It was just the advertising art graphics community in Seattle is very small. And, and uh, so I, it was time to expand and see the world and came down here. And anyway, within the first month I was working at the Weekly, somebody announced that the Minutemen were going to be playing Elvira Street at lunchtime. And so, yeah, a bunch of us from the Weekly piled in, and we all went down, and we saw you. There were other gigs at that time period, like Tex and the Horseheads. And, you know, you get a few little tourists. It was like on a weekday, so the crowds weren't very big, but that's the first time I saw you, man. Oh, wow. Probably 82, 83 in there somewhere. Wow. You remember that gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just cutting your teeth, man. <laughs> yeah, well, we're a couple of years into it. We started oh, yeah. January of 80. Okay, okay. And uh, we had a band before that called the Reactionaries that started in 78. That's right. Okay, and me and Boom were copying BOC songs starting like 14, maybe in the bedroom. So, but it's, yeah, the Minuteman, it was in the first half of our yeah. our uh, journey. Saw uh-huh. you at the Cathay. I think Grand. I was still playing with a pick then. 82, 83. That's Fires, What Makes Man Start Fires. Yeah. yeah. Songs like uh, Bob Dylan wrote propaganda songs. Mm-hmm. The Anchor. Anchor's the first time we went over two minutes. It's our opus. <laughs> uh, speaking of the 70s and stuff, here's, <laughs> here's some music from the 70s. Oh, mm-hmm. 
from Pedro show uh, that was something new from uh, Z called Heavy Tetsu Heavy a Snake I can't remember what Tetsu is oh, fuck my memory <laughs> but uh, they're getting ready to make a new album and that's kind of a demo but I like it as it is and then we heard something from the 70s something it was a collective I think almost like 300 people or something oh. Not in the band, but some kind of art thing called the Yamashiro Art Group. And that's a P. 
piece called Oso Raison. And uh, it had actually had a health warning on the album cover because it starts off with this, like you heard, you know, this blood-curdling scream. So I guess people had to be warned so they didn't have heart attack. <laughs> I mean, for those days. You should probably use this thing because of... Oh, man, the microphone here is that... Cush factor. Yeah, the cush factor. Uh, so... This Cucamonga boat, boat you got. Pride of Cucamonga. Yeah. Is that your first boat that no. has been yours? Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, the second one. Uh, the first one was called the Pride of Cucamonga as well, but it was a uh, substandard trailer sailor. It was a, a McGregor tw- 22, only w- weighed less than a ton. The Cucamonga is three and a half tons, and... I, almost half of the boat is uh, ballast. It's got 2,900 pounds of lead in the bottom. Yeah, and, this is a sailboat. That's yeah, why. Yeah, well, so was the other one. Was, uh, but it was, I mean, uh, really sail, so you can like get, can, this, get into the water. This boat... If you have a light bottom end, you can't really do dangerous well, stuff. Well, I did right? dangerous stuff with that other boat. It oh, had a 500-pound okay. keel, and I used to sail it out of Oxnard to the Channel Islands. Is that where you did the hell ride? That's where I did the big hell yeah. ride, yeah. He got caught in a storm. Scariest day of my life yeah. on too small a boat with a crew member that I dubbed Very Captain sick. Upchuck. Yeah. was useless all day. And uh, when I let go of the... I mean, I, that's a long story. I was dragging anchor. The winds piped up over at Santa Cruz Island at uh, about 4 o'clock in the morning, about 30 knots. And next thing I know, I popped out the hatch and we're getting dragged out to sea. Tried to reset anchor in pitch darkness and, and it wouldn't hold. So I... Uh, after I tangled We're going in some, home. well, I uh, after I tangled with somebody else's boat, I go enough of this. We got freed from there, and there's one buoy over there that's for the ranger that you're not supposed to use. But yeah. you know, when it's a panic situation like it was, I tied off on that. And uh, till the sun, when the sun came up, it was still building, and all the other boats were bailing. I got on the radio and talked to one of the other boats. What would you do? And he goes. Well, get a double reef in that main and go for it, you know. We're getting out of here, and they had a 50-footer. So we did it, and uh, once I let go, it was just like launching like a rocket with not much sail up. And and I actually, my hands were shaking pretty bad. To be honest with you, it was the scariest day of my life because... yeah, I've, you know, gust into 45 knots. Later in the day, we had, you know, 12-foot seas, probably bigger when I crossed it. Long story. Plowing through some walls of water. Oh, right? yeah. When we got out of the lee of the island, that's the protected side. Yeah. Then, all of a sudden, uh, big waves. And my passenger, who wasn't sick at the time, he pointed up, and the sails were already starting to tear. Yeah. <laughs> People, you got to know, when it's like that, you, you got to head into them. Can't yeah. let them get exactly. you on the beam or it's going to roll you. So you got to plow into these things. Yeah. And they trough up, so you go down from the first one, right? You know, it, baby. it came back to me because I'd yeah. been in stuff like that as a kid, even, you know, back in my, you know, 12 years old or something with my dad and crossing the Straits of Juan de Fuca, which is a big body of water between Washington and Canada. Mm-hmm. And I'd, it all came back to me. You kind of snake through the sets. Right, right, right. And, yeah, if one comes, you know, coming at you, you want to take it head off. But you look at the wells, whether on the right. port or the starboard, and try right. to go for that. You, you can kind of see that, where they curve up. They're kind of a... 
running into each other and canceling out yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and sometimes they just come together. Yeah, right. Right, at, you know, and lift you, know, you we, way we up in the air. we got a big thing like that is right here at the jetty. Because they come off, the, they reflect off the break place. water. Yeah. And then the jetty, and they run into each other. Exactly. And if it's heavy, man, they make incredible the energy yeah. released. And it's in the sea. It's yeah. not up against the jetty or the breakwater. Yeah. It's a reflective thing coming back. Yeah. Wow. It's like a snapper. Yeah. It, I can imagine getting too close in. Yeah, I don't like it there. Uh, I always, it's always a little bouncy there. No, com- I think coming they did around that for, because uh, the sand at Cabrilla Beach was brought from Catalina, and it's an anti-erosion thing. Right. To keep the sea from bringing all that sand in. Right. I don't think it's for navigating. Yeah. Because <laughs> it causes all kinds of screwy. Well, that wall got knocked out, I guess, a couple years before right I... Yeah, right there, Storm 83. Brother Matt's got a poster. Five five holes poked in it. They had to fill up five holes with boulders. Yeah, and I heard it took out a bunch of docks at the, what, uh, Flight Brothers? Is that what they call that? The, yeah. The crappy docks across yeah, yeah. the way? Yeah, once it got, got through, yeah. Can you imagine the surge? Oh, that was 83. Yeah, so we're like talking 25 years ago, 26 years ago. Oh, man. It was a whaler. It was a whaler. Yeah. To punch holes in that breakwater, which was pretty solid yeah, since very, 1911. Very you know. solid. Yeah. Huge. And you'll see, too, they uh, just pile boulders. Yeah. Some repairs are with sacks filled with cement. Yeah. But, you know, wet cement, and then it hardens up. Right. And I mean, big sacks. Yeah. But then they just fuck it, and there's just boulders yeah. piled. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you couldn't really get a mix. Well, you can see where it's repaired. Yeah, you see the difference in the color and the stones out there. No, I mean, you'll see the, yeah. the, those where the holes punch through just piles of rock. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, we're at the end of the first hour, July 11, 2009. Watch Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. July 11, 2009. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Yeah, this is going to be crazy. Sonic Oddity. One, two, three, four. Band. I don't quite understand 
understand That's so quaint to hear I feel so faint, my dear Doing nothing, sitting around Sacred trickster and a no-tech sound I wish I could be Music on a tree Noise no mad to me Levitating, spinning around
Todd from Pedro Show. Starting off the second hour was Sacred Trickster by Sonic Youth. That's a live acoustic thing they did, I think, in Canada last week. And then we heard 1622. That was a good year, right? <laughs> by, I think these cats are from Long Island, so, somewhere in New York City. Uh, called, uh, oh man, Long Island people probably wouldn't want it called. New York City, although Brooklyn and Queens, that's the west part of Long Island. It's so strange about mothership. So, uh, but to them, it's a big difference. Uh, the band's called Fatal Erection. <laughs> and then we heard Early California by Empty Eyes. Now, Empty Eyes, uh, I don't know if a lot of you know this, but I have a brother that's 30 years younger than me named Justin. couple years before my pop died uh, where uh, same pop and he's got a band now and they're called empty eyes and that's a uh, yeah sacramento zone is he live no uh, near fresno called clovis yeah yeah told me he wants to uh learn about a foreign land so he wants to check out japan cool. so i said what, what should, he asked me what should i see and i told him Maybe small town, maybe Kyoto, and then countryside. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's a song called Early California that they did his first recording ever. And then we heard Motor Boy by Zip Gun. Not, they are a New York band, I know that. I think Fatal Erection is too. I hope I didn't fuck that up. And then we heard an Australian band called Selfish Gene and Cop Chase. <laughs> Do you know about the selfish gene? Wasn't there a book called that? And it's kind of like meme theory. Oh, okay. Like language is infection. Yeah, you use an analog, a uh, analogy to uh, concept of ideas, a, a biological analog like virus. Yeah, it's like a like something a, like that. Spreading I, an I idea remember. like a virus around. Yeah, how the ideas permeate through culture and the shit. They would use an analog like of biology and viruses. And there's big arguments over whether that's full of shit. Just a cute uh, assumption. Or I think that was the book that fired all that off. But it also could be some dude named Gene that's <laughs> shared a shit. Huh? <laughs> or a girl named Gene. <laughs> This is with the G. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. maybe. Yeah, Gene, I got it the first time. That's what, that's what you name birds, right? <laughs> the non-colorful male birds. Yeah. You can't tell, like pigeons and shit. Yeah. You, you give them those names like Pat. Yeah. Fish, I think. <laughs> so you hedge your bets on it. Okay, so you come out to Kelly you, with the boats. You've never had a scary thing since that. Where were you living then? Cause that's pretty northy here. Uh, oh, I was living in Tahunga, and yeah, I was put so racking. You would come way out. I was racking the miles okay. to go to. Uh, I was freelancing for that, those couple of years that I had that boat, and uh, so I had some time. I could go up there, but yeah, man, every weekend, uh, seventy miles each way to uh, Channel Islands Marina in Oxnard. Yeah, wow. and uh, but I kept Before the boat Wyoming, out. The Navy Air Base. Yeah, very close to there. Yeah, yeah. Right, they border. They're right next to each other. Yeah. The the public marinas and the navy. Yeah, you see some interesting ships. It's out changed there. a lot now. Yeah. I remember that's when 
you know, PCH, US 101, and it went down to, like, surface streets. They had no... It just went down to townland. Yeah, when they were doing that big uh, 101 highway expansion right. when I was hanging out there. I liked it out there, man. Silver Strand Beach. and mm-hmm. uh, it Gets a little good. cold, but it's a lot more space, a lot more yeah, casual. Yeah, it was interesting. And then, you know, you got the Channel Islands, which are just amazing national I've never been park. out there. You know, they've got this deal... I'm. It's a haul for me to take my boat up there from here. It's like almost seventy miles sailed, and it's all time for me. I'm a working man, but uh, I've been to Anacapa Island and Santa Cruz Island, and just uh, just a couple of anchorages on uh, both islands. But I tell you the the you know it's national park, but the wildlife you see there. I saw the L.A. pod, killer whales, with my dad in October of 2001. That's bizarre to see killer whales at night. and Or, well, it was dusk. And, and what are those? Look at the dorsal fins. Are those killer whales? And we've seen them up north. but And I've seen... Sometimes uh, there's been rare yeah. pod things down here. Well, there's a whale watching yeah. boat that came on one, and everybody was like, yeah. And then they start tearing up seals yeah. in front of them. Those wow. are transient bunches because they're, they're a little more aggressive. Yeah, they got the one group. They call it the L.A. Pod, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's true. they're following currents and, and obviously chow. And then there's different kinds. Some that just eat the little stuff, and then some that go after big mammals like sea lions. Well, speaking of currents, it's a convergence zone where you have the cold current yeah. coming down the northern California coast meets a warmer current, and it's south. right there around uh, the elbow of California, which is Point Conception. Mm-hmm. So you get. You know, just this abundance of uh, life that starts with the, the plankton, the krill and stuff, and then that just brings uh, everything from the anchovies and then bigger fish and bigger fish. So you got great whites. and Yeah, a lot of sharks. I was going to say a lot of sharks up there. Yeah. More than here. And then they have the big rookery, uh, elephant sea lions out on San Miguel. That's way out there. I've never made it out there. I've seen the uh, elephant seals on PCH by San Simeon. There's yeah. Castle. They're all yeah. laying on the beach Yeah. Now. Big brothers. Yeah, <laughs> they got some cool kayaking trips out to the Channel Islands. Yeah, a little mothership out there. And yeah, that's where those two guys they just found pieces of the kayak. <laughs> Maybe sharks got them. Yeah, well, I've seen those guys crossing. It's very popular to go to Anacapa because it's only like twelve miles, eleven nautical miles, I think, to Anacapa Island. And, and uh, still to paddle, man. There's yeah. a current. Yeah, you got to be strong, or you're getting carried away. <laughs> well, they have this company called Island Packers, and yeah. they'll haul you out there and oh, haul you out there, and yeah. leave you on the island. You whether you got a kayak or anything, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as long as you want, you want to go for a weekend. They'll take you by boat or plane and dump you off with all your gear and come back and get you whenever you want. They got packages and and uh, but yeah, it's even the trips I did out there. It's you know you got to prepare for that. And I was on a little boat. A yeah. 22-foot, 1,800-pound boat. I get over there, and they're guys with big cruisers and stuff. They could, they go, you sailed that thing over here? <laughs> I sailed over there with my pops a couple of times, you know, and uh, it's minimal. It's like camping. I mean, you got a porta potty on the thing, and uh, and then, oh, landing on the beaches yeah. with the dinghy. Prepare for a wet landing, man. I came in on a on an inflatable, and I, it almost tossed me head over heels. There's there's not much. It's either rocks or surf, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, but the beaches there, 
is totally different than Catalina. You actually find shells. I don't know if they're conch or whatever, but it's just so preserved, you know. It's, yeah. uh, the wildlife. I've seen uh, the free-swimming lobsters, langostino, I think they're called. Yeah. And they, they, they kind of scoot across the just under the surface. So I went out and bought this big net. Never made it back up there with that net. I was hoping to scoop those babies up, just put them in the pot, you know. But it, I've just seen... It's just amazingly fresh, and first time I spent the night out there, it was kind of surreal, you know. I, you know, and looking down through the mist in the, you know, the darkness, and I can see Anacapa from Santa Cruz Island. I'm just thinking, I'm going, man, I'm just hanging from this thread on the side of an island in the middle of the ocean, and I was just like, yeah, it's it was just kind of surreal. Now I'm used to it. I've done Catalina with this boat 27 times, so. A lot of these people down here with the boats, they just, they sit. They just own them to say they own them. Go have yeah. a cocktail maybe it's, once in yeah. a while. That's it. I was watching my dock neighbor today. He's got a power boat, and he's a transplant from uh, Great Lakes area. He just comes down and reads his book. Granted, he's pushing 70, but <laughs> he's got a nice big old cabin cruiser. And I've seen You're it sitting there. sitting there, you know. <laughs> okay, let's hear some more music.
lot from Pedro Show. That was uh, the litigious Mike Love by the Gang Font featuring Interloper. <laughs> is that a name for a band? Mike Love beats those. Oh, no, the litigious Mike Love is uh, litigious, like somebody uses the law a lot. Mike Love, obviously, maybe a Beach Boy member. And uh, but the gang of uh, Gang Font featuring Interloper is a band with sporting Greg Norton of the Hooskers, and I think the guys from the Bad Plus, friends of his, and uh, a little math rock here. And then we heard One Way Trip, uh, in parentheses, Cosmonaut, and uh, that was by Deepole, and Deepole's a band from the Ukraine, from a, a water town called Odessa. You know about Odessa? The big water there. Okay. You know what it is? No. How's your geography? You're on the spot, on the air. It's called Black Sea. I think it's probably oh, okay. the biggest okay. sea, right? And Odessa's on this, uh, yeah. So it's a sea town, but not yeah. an ocean sea right. town. But that, that's a big-ass sea. You're saying a lake. The biggest lake is Superior. This Black Sea. I wonder what that... Maybe the water's salinity or not? Yeah, it could be. Seas are salty and maybe lakes are... I don't know, man. I watch I, National Geographic the all the time. I don't know the terminology, <laughs> but, but they are a sea town. And, uh, and then before that, uh, a band from Ireland called uh, Adabisi Shank, which might be maybe Celtic. I don't know. And the song called Agassi Shank. But it's wow. good music. They're on tour right now uh, with my friends in Light. Oh, cool. Uh, playing uh, over there. Um, I think Eiko Sun's going to see them. It's in the next couple of days they do Nagoya. Cool. So, uh, a little notey stuff. Uh, Skipper Jeff just gave me something from 68. Yeah. I wish I had uh, some names for you. It's a band well, it's called, called Gracious. Yeah, and they actually toured with the Who uh, back then on one of the early... Well, it wouldn't How'd be you early. come across it? Um, God, I was... Uh, my best friend's brother in high school turned me on to, on to so much music back ah. in Walla Walla, like Zappa and stuff, and it came out of his collection, and I, I totally forgot about it, and then uh, once the internet rolled around and things were easier to research, oh, I was course. able to find it, and I yeah. ordered it from Germany. But speaking Is that of, where they're from? No, they're from England, and they're uh, prog rock and uh, heavily laden with harpsichord and mellotron. Kind of baroque. There's, I would like to classify it psychedelic baroque. Yeah. How far from Ellensburg? Pretty close. Uh, Yakima. Fifty miles now, maybe more like a hundred and fifty. It's been a while. Is it that far? Yeah. I didn't know it was that far. I think think it's three fifty. Where the screaming trees are from. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Played, I once played in Walla Walla at a high school, and uh, I remember it was us, Screaming Trees, and Slavoli, the band Tom Watson was in the old days. And I remember at the end of the night, I had to split up $8 between the three bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rolling. Yeah. It was all right. Um, do you know about Spin Cycle? You've oh, yeah. About yeah, Spin yeah. I've you almost like, drove up. Right? I listened to it on my commute. Yeah, I've yeah, almost driven off the freeway in a trance more than once. You know? Well, <laughs> it's time right now. <laughs> All right. Get, get, get ready to be driven off now, Brother Matt. Yeah, cool. 
And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons. Icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that, you know, you, you want to dress like X or have lips like Y or something. This is, this is shit-brained, this kind of thinking. That is all cultural diversion. And what is real is you and your friends and your uh, associations, your highs, your orgasms, your hopes, your plans, your fears. And we're, we're told, no, we're unimportant, we're peripheral, get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that, and then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Where is that at?
salvation itself becomes an impediment to salvation. I mean, once you see 500 forms of salvation being sold at prices you can't afford, the very notion of salvation becomes obscene. You know, it becomes one more layer in the obscene layering that takes meaning out of life and disempowers us and turns us into a subscription customer. That seems to be how we always are being forced to end up. Well, the only way out of this, I think, is to, um, it takes courage because you have to turn your back on your culture in the most profound sense there is, because there are many ways to turn your back on your culture. I mean, if everyone's wearing gray, you can wear green. That's one way to turn your back on the culture. But another way is to break its laws. Now, that's a little more serious and, you know, brings in big philosophical issues. But in fact, the culture is an enormous arrow pointing go this way and you know what lies that way impoverishment madness degradation and death that's where the culture is pointing you can see it you can see it just look where we're headed uh, uh, if everyone on earth aspires to the kind of lifestyle that you people can enjoy by virtue of having paid the money to be at a scene like this, there isn't enough glass, metal, and plastic in the planet to make that many celicas and uh, jaguars and bluebirds and snowbirds and all the rest of this crap. So what is needed is... Um, an awakening. What is really interesting about the psychedelic experience is it shows you a mental universe that you not only never suspected existed, but that you could not have suspected existed. I don't think there's another way to it. I mean, I'm not ready to categorically say there's no other way to it and occasionally especially at gatherings like this people grab me and assure me there are other ways to it and they say you know if you just i want you to meet babaji he's as good as psilocybin and, oh really I, I i want to meet this man <clears throat> because because I mean, I, I, let me say a little bit more about this. I would like to believe that in principle, you could do, you could get to these places on the Natch. Only in principle, however, because if some people say, well, you know, these things you describe on DMT and psilocybin, uh, I can show you how to do that naturally. Brother Matt, thank you for cool. another... Installment of the spin cycle. What was it for this today? Oh, psychedelic chill, I guess. <laughs> it's working. Something in that ballpark. Without the with the twist. Without the power out. Yeah, that was kind of bunk, but this round two worked better. Uh, we've had some people join us. Welcome, Bob Stires, it's Peak, and your buddy David. Yeah. From Hello. Studio City. Yeah. All right. I was telling, I think that's where Kay lives. 
because there's a lot of work with the studios. She uh, uh, does uh, audio and sound effects for movie and television. Awesome. Yeah, I taught her after 25 years of programming, she got tired of that shit. Taught herself that, and last year got an Emmy. Awesome. Wow. No one. For the John Adams miniseries. That's the cool, wow. coolest picture of her with this big trophy, and she's got this sleeveless dress on. I can see a little black flag bar. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew she had them. Cool. <laughs> she got them. She just did a Clint Eastwood movie on Nelson Mandela. Oh, so wow. she actually fixes the sound where there's drop-off. Or, um, she does all kinds yeah. of things. A lot of times when they're filming... Uh, they can't have the mic on the actor all the time, so the actor has to come in after and just start spieling his lines. So she has to put him in there. Get Raymond going on that. She has to idea. just, yeah. Do some Foley? Mm. Yeah, with, works with Foley people. Those are the sound effects people. Has to make different versions, you know. There's a, when you bring on a foreign language, you got to have just the sound effects and no English dialogue. You know, stuff like that. So a lot of our work with Pro, Pro Tools. Right. She's amazing, so it's great to record Dose with her. <laughs> well, we don't need another take there. <laughs> Here, let's hear something from uh, the Opium Joe group. Thank <laughs> you. 
watch yeah, the uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we heard a construction tune by the Opium Joe group, and we're at the end of the second hour of the July 11, 2009 Watt from Pedro that Show. One. Hold tight for hour three. July 11, 2009. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show, and here's part six, courtesy of ZBS Media, zbs.org. Z is in zebra, B is in beach ball, S is in <laughs> sailboat. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, part six of Jack Flanders in The White Castle. Jack. All right. Rose. What? I'm here. What? Do you see? See what? Do you see me? Where? I'm sitting on the edge of your bed. Who are you? Who do I look like? You look like me. I am you. You can't be me. I am more you than you. If you are, then who am I? Don't you know? I think I do. Do you really? Yeah. This is me. But aren't you who you aren't? No. And who are you? I am who you are. Then who am I? You are someone who has no idea who she is. <sighs> I'm going back to sleep. Well, dream on, dreamer. <laughs> and then you woke up? I was awake. You sure about that? Yes, I am. You saw yourself sitting on your bed, at the foot of my bed. Well, when she stood up to leave, did you feel the mattress shift? You mean, did she have substance? Yeah. Uh, I don't recall. So it could have been a dream. It wasn't. Believe me. Well, I believe you, because I had one like that happen to me last night. Mojo. Who's that? You know who? Are you Mojo too? I'm Sojo. Mojo. I think I've seen you around. Every time you look in the mirror. You're not my reflection. You're Mojo's little demon. One of many. <laughs> what can Mojo do for Slow Joe. You're going to have to figure it out. So, uh, how you been? I've been better. Tell me about it. Life is boring. Boring isn't bad. For a demon, it is. You just got to stop and smell the roses. Tell me about it. So you woke up, and there was a demon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big as life. In the flesh. Well, I wouldn't say flesh, <laughs> but real enough. What happened? We had a little talk. And that's it? Well, he was easy. 
You were disappointed? He was kind of a wimp. Your demon was a wimp? Yeah, he was too easy. So you got rid of him, just like that? Well, he was a little hungry. What did you do? I fed him. Anyone else have dreams? I did. My genie, Ritter. <laughs> was he wearing a turban? He was. He woke me in the middle of the night. Bonjour, Dominique. What? So you are the genie in the shell? I am your genie. Where are my three wishes? Did I offer three? You did. But you know what always happens with wishes. No. What? You wish for something, you get it. But you never considered what else comes with it. And your next wish is to undo your first wish. But that only makes it worse. And so you wish you'd never made a wish in the first place. And you end up where you started. Sadder, wishless, but wiser. I want my wishes. You'll wish you hadn't? I want my wishes. All right. What do you wish for? I wish I had a thousand more wishes. Dominique, if you think your life is confusing now, you have no idea what hell it'll be if you always get what you wish for. You won't give it to me? Ask for what you need. I don't want what I need. Think about it. I want what I want. I'll be around. Wait, wait. I know what I need. What? Love. Love? I need love. Dominique, love will bring you nothing but... That was a sad dream. I didn't get my wish. Oh, don't be too sure about that. I had a nightmare last night. Why? What happened? I was asleep, minding my own business. Wake up, Johnny. Huh? Rise and shine. What time is it? <sighs> oh, it's 3 a.m. Time to greet the new day. Oh, leave me alone. You're not making much progress with Rosie, are you, Johnny? What's it to you? Uh, maybe I got some tips for you. I'm doing okay. Leave me alone. Looks to me like you're sleeping alone, Johnny. She needs time. You're a nitwit, you know that? Said, leave me alone. Come on, get up. I'm telling you, beat it. You are such a klutz. That's it. I'm going to count to three. Oh, now he's giving me the count. One. I think he's getting sore. Two. Is that steam I see? Three. And look who's still here. All right, that's it. Whoa, whoa, wait. Hey. Don't you go. And don't come back. Oh, now I gotta get some sleep. Wait a minute. Hey, you. Wake up. Yeah, what is it? Get out of my bed. Hey, hey, hey come on. You're going out on your ear, buddy. Oh, yo! And stay out. Took care of you. Oh, no. Oh, is that you or is that me? That's it. No more fooling. Take that. Oh, and that. Ah, and that. Oh, ooh. I'll never get back to sleep. Probably not. Oh, but I will. Great. And it went on like that all night? No, I gave up. 
Did you get any sleep? I let him have the bed. I slept in the chair. Was he there in the morning? Gone. Did you talk to your demon? Yeah, I talked to him. What did he want? I didn't ask. <laughs> well, next time, ask. Next time, I'm really going to boot his butt. <laughs> well, it seems to me, uh, it's your butt that's getting the boot. I got something up my sleeve. Well, Jack, I remember you told me something that uh, your Uncle Jowls once said. What was that? A thousand-armed demon has something up many sleeves.
technically inadequate as a man. Eight years. What's the term? Uh, uh, Pete, did you bring any of that sexual position music you were listening to? Someone We're on the air book. now, brother Matt. It was not a pretty good song. It was pretty crazy. Tantric. Okay. <laughs> no sexual position. How to pick up other women than your. It's to get to lead up to sexual positions. Not to lead up to get women to do whatever you want them to do. Oh, I like the yeah. music. <laughs> Submit. That sounds like a How to movie. turn them into silly potters. Get them enthusiastic. And <laughs> know. What about getting men enthusiastic? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> dude, part six, we're more than halfway through now this adventure with Jack Flanders in the White Castle. Jack, Jack, going through the trips, through the mind trips, the, the mind movie. Then we heard Dragonfly by Andrea Solar. Thank you, motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Demolition Man by the Chatham Singers, which I think is another Billy Childish. Hmm. What, number 250 now. This cat puts out albums like. Is that the same song, Demolition Man? He's also a painter and a poet. Big mustache. This guy's prolific. prolific. Kind of a garage band sound. He's different things. Where's the he from? Milkshakes, England. That's what I thought. And uh, that's a new incarnation for him. So, pretty good stuff. Uh, let's see. We get back to Blue Oyster Cult. What did you <laughs> really like about him, the Skipper Jack? Oh my God! I, I just you know, God, ah, uh, you know it, it has to go. I got to be honest here. What, uh, what did you like about him as a boy? Uh, well, yeah, I'm having a hard time. It's my psychedelic past. I think uh, I rem- there was a place I was living in Walla Walla, Washington, and uh, the one guy we hung out with that actually had his own pad when we were in high school. A couple of my buddies worked at the McDonald's in town, and he was assistant manager. He had his own apartment. We'd go over there and, you know, do the bong and whatever. One night, he spun uh, the first album for me, and uh, I remember I was laying in... Who those covers? Gollick? Gollick. Uh, What's Bill, the story on here? Bill Gollick. He, he was a... First two albums. He was a student at uh, RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Yeah, I played there. And he was a friend of... I'm trying to remember which band member. I think he was a friend of Pearlman's. And there's a... a Not sp- a band member, but like manager, producer. Well, Pearlman was, yeah. Uh, Lyric writer. producer, yeah. <laughs> and concept. Richard He's the one that created the whole concept of Blue Oyster Cult. But uh, Gallic, one interesting footnote. I'm reading this great book. It's by Martin Popoff. It's called Blue Oyster Cult Secrets Revealed. And, uh, you know, it goes, delves deep into... Into their songs. I mean, you know, they're very mysterious and they're very uh, psychedelic, and then they're also, uh, you know, they're soft metal, you know, and they just uh, take me places. But uh, Ga- uh, what I've been reading in this book about Gallic was uh, there's some people theorize that he he became a taxi driver. He dropped out of RISD and became a taxi driver, and there's some people theorize that he was the one, the character that. Uh, Scorsese based the movie Taxi Driver on. Yeah, so he like, yeah, nobody quite really quite knows where he is to this day, you know. Oh wow! But he would write, he would do these uh, graphics, uh, these uh, intense per- perspective drawings of these, you know, miles of 
railroad tracks or elevators that go nowhere yeah, and MC Escher. Yeah, kind of like Escher. Yeah, <coughs> but uh, so but it was hearing those records. Well, then back to the psychedelic part of it, a little early uh, LSD, laying in the corner of a room, looking up at the perspective of the walls, and I'm the music literally transported me. I'm like, it's like looking at, uh, it was like looking, visualizing the cities with, like the album covers, with these elevators going up and futuristic things. It just took me to places just more or less through the music and the lyrics were so mysterious and on those first couple of albums you had to mail away it, I got it. to get the, the lyrics computer right paper. because they were really basic especially the first album almost indecipherable like that. and that first production was the drums were like muffled and poop, 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 you know just just, just uh, it wasn't really that well mastered but it just uh, had a style you know I, th- th- I think what played me that um, that it wasn't um, I played even, you the first three albums yeah they, they weren't Bob drove even, up to us in San Francisco he heard all six Creedence well albums yeah. and like first three of Blue Oyster Cold <laughs> albums it's just every, things were out of place there you know yeah, I got the ultimate uh, I got the entire Creedence and then followed by BOC hey that's an honor man <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, mean, I explain every song. Yeah, Creedence early on, my my connections a lot with Creedence. I remember uh, hearing that uh, Cosmos uh, factory, factory yeah. when I was in junior high, and I was hooked from that's then down, on. You that's know. down the line. That's next to last. But I think what's kept me intrigued with Blue Oyster Cult over the years they they put out all some schlocky damn songs, you know, and they but all, almost every album has some songs that are just just amazing to this day and uh and perlman's uh, uh imaginos which was supposed yeah. to be a, like a trilogy of an album that, that the record companies making. wouldn't put out yeah. well they Rock yeah that's a that's a really interesting story there's uh, little hints of it in some early songs he was heavily influenced by lovecraft who i've actually never read but now i'm interested in starting to read Sithulu. it Okay. You know the no, I coast. don't. I haven't read any love. Yeah, it's about yet. there's something under. You know, you're in New England, and there's some uh, uh, gates to the. That explains it. Right, the old ones who try yeah. to come through into this dimension yeah. and suck us all out. And, yeah. Well, the Imaginos talks about the you know parallel universe and the less invisibles, and uh, you know it's just uh, you know I. I I read a lot now that I'm 53 years old, but back then I was the, the you know I was dyslexic, and so the music was just took me places that uh, where I struggled with books. You know, you know what I really liked about them? I thought they were funny. I thought they were oh yeah, they, they, and black they, 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 yeah, cartoonish, oh, yeah. like uh, the, just the symbol. Yeah, and, and when I saw them for some years, they had like mock Nazi. Yeah. Kind of. Well, when they do uh, dominance and submission, it looks like uh, Nuremberg or something yeah, when all yeah, the fists yeah. come up and it's dominance and submission. And the album cover, well, they made a song to a German jet fighter during the Second Me War. ME 262. And uh, he's like, there with the dogs all shot and uh, yeah. they got the symbols. Now, I found out that that symbol, I think Mr. Perlman invented and it was. Gallic. And per, you know, it, it was a happy was accident. He he played around. It's loosely based on the ancient yeah, Greek symbol for for chaos, for chaos yeah. and or Saturn. But then he started making it like more, just started refining it, and so it's like an upside down, backwards question mark. And then they 
put a washer, like a metal washer, in the middle of it to break the bars of the cross yeah. and the question mark. So, yeah. an exclamation point. An so explanation. Yeah. Duality. Because <laughs> um, the cryptic thing I was into too. I made yeah. a stencil. I cut it out of that symbol and I spray painted a big one on the back of my shirt because. First concerts didn't right have merchandise and stuff. So yeah. I made my own T-shirt. I was yeah. the only guy at San Pedro High yeah. with Blue Oyster Cult on my, <laughs> on my T-shirt. And like no one knew what it was about. Yeah. So I was like, ah. <laughs> Some good. dudes, I mean, they would play here regularly. They had a big crowd early. You know what I was into before then, of course, was like freaking Hendrix and Zeppelin. Hendrix was, he still is. It. I mean, yeah. he's like, but, uh, you know... It's, you know how much... Uh, we, we had some spiel with Mitch Mitchell and Jimi Hendrix on last show. And, um, Mitch Mitchell said, Are You Experience was recorded for about a thousand bucks. Gee, man, Christmas. Wow. God, damn. Uh, you brought a guest. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, Hello. David. My name is David. Hey, first time to Pedro. Yeah. All the way from Studio City. Are you a surfer or not? No. He's back. Hey! <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, but you were Santa Barbara growing up. No, what's the university there? Ah, Galito. Vista. Vista, yeah. hundred miles away. So, uh, first time to Pedro. And uh, Miss Peak need company? I usually guess. She brings, her. I usually she that. brings couch surfers. Are you couchsurfing.com people? No, I had put an ad on Craigslist looking for someone to translate Thai because I'm a huge fan of the martial arts we were talking about earlier. Oh, and, MMA. Yeah, and there's... That's actually not... The She's into that, too. Yeah. I don't, you didn't know that? No, we, we talked about it, but I don't know how much she's into watching the fights. You know, yeah, she's into she it. She's into doing it. <laughs> she, uh, to, well, we were at a gas station on tour. She did the first week, and she's doing some flying karate kicks on top of the heads. No. Missing their face. I got some I good shots. I got stills. Yeah, cool. Just pulling it away, you know, the foot away. And the look on their faces is pretty priceless. So, is she going to uh, translate some Thai for she's, you? Yeah, because it's this fighter I'm, like, really passionate about. Yeah. He's, he's going to be fighting soon. Um, yeah, he's not MMA. He's only kickboxing, ah, but he's he's Muay Thai. Muay Thai, exactly. And he's at the top of the. There's team. a Muay Thai pad down here in Pedro. Do you watch? Are you I got some front row seats when I was in uh, Chiang Mai, and I saw this dude get killer kick to his jaw and was laid out. Oh, uh, front row, <laughs> ringside. That's cool. <laughs> I wish I could see one. And what? What is his life story? What, what's being translated? Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, everything pertaining to kickboxing when he started. Yeah, and it was also interesting culturally because she was like one of the guys was talking. I don't know. We didn't know if he was talking about himself, if he was talking about the guy, if he was talking about the owner of the gym. Because I guess supposedly in Thai they don't say he or they just say he or she. They don't say. Also, the third pronoun references. Yeah, all these pronouns. Oh, that makes you pay attention and think about it a little bit afterwards. It's hard to know where the the the, the spiel is going. Because uh, she's always playing up the image of Thai people wanting to be happy. <laughs> she doesn't bring up this violent <laughs> <laughs> wanting to be. But they finding... look. They look the way they talk and the way they they interact. Yeah, they just seem really like chilled out. Yeah, yeah. Thing. But they have this kind of uh, competitive. Uh, I think it's only but, for the sport. What, or, or, or and maybe self defense. Yeah, and well, actually, we were also talking when they're in their stance just bobbing around, you know, yeah. before they actually strike, they're really 
their energy is conserved. But okay. then once they explode, they're uh, more than 100% of their, yeah. their exertion. But also, it's kind of sweaty climate. You can't be going all out. You probably have to save it for Pick your spots, you yeah. know? No frivolous uh, showboating. I've never been there, but... <laughs> save it for the fight. I like that. I like, I like that sweaty, hot, humid uh, environment. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't. A lot of people yeah, me. <laughs> no, a lot of people complain about it. I just feel like I'm living. I feel like I'm alive. I feel tired. Boy, that yeah, slugs moving. me out, man. Yeah, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it slugs me out. Yeah, yeah. There's something that feels good about it. Yeah, it today's kind of I like it all day. except for the buck. Yeah. No, it definitely zaps you, though. Yeah. That's why it's raining all the time. I just I keep thinking of blood sport, you know, how that that illegal competition that what that was that old uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie, remember? And it was uh, that's what the conservatives tried to paint, portray mixed martial arts as. Yeah. But then once yeah. they started getting commissioned by the athletic commissions in different states, it's still not legal, or rather, it's still not commissioned in New York. Um, the conservatives, as in the... John McCain was, like, the main guy. Man, because he didn't want it upstaging the old John Wayne stuff. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> why. Probably. Is, it, is the stuff you translate, in, is it written in Thai? Or right. Is it, uh, yeah, the, no, it was like a... It was Smith & Wesson. It was it a video coming. Oh, it's speed. Yeah, so, oh. so he came over yesterday, and uh, we were watching, because I also wanted to see this. Yeah. And so it, uh, I tried to listen to Tell him what the guy is saying. You're a fan of this cat too? What's his name? This uh, fighter? Bokao. Bokao? Bokao, which means white lotus. White lotus. I'll spell yeah. it. It's B U A K A W. Okay. Bokao. Yeah. He's really a crazy, not like skilled, crazy skilled uh, Muay Thai. We were watching some of the other guys. You know, Lotus is a flower. Are these guys big? It's a flower that they're having a festival in Echo Park, but there aren't any lotuses anymore. And no more ducks. This intense fighter with a flower name. I like that. It's very smiley. Another guy's very smiley. Good luck. Oh, good luck, yeah. Some guys, some fighters name. Good luck. Sort of like racehorse. Yeah, good luck. The peak. You wish. <laughs> Peak, you're able to translate from a video as opposed to just listening, so no, you can to, get I, the body language gives helps with I'm the. Not a, I'm not a Actually, the video wasn't synced perfectly, so yeah. she couldn't read. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty funny. I'm not. I'm not a translator, and I, you know, I got I got into uh, wanting to do this because I also wanted to uh, get the idea of how people speak in this in this particular uh, fighting world. Yeah. Because I want. I'm, I'm going back to Thailand. Photo documentary of uh, Thai boxing and things like that. Um, so um, I had to, I had to most of the time listen to listen to the entire context before I understand what they. Yeah, about. right. But that's smart. Uh, yeah. Do they most, have a different? Most, most um, of that stuff is, doesn't work literal anyway. Yeah, especially Asian to Western. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of convey more of an idea than actually word to word situation. So. Yeah, right. So you got to know that what it's in reference to the perspective. And I couldn't help it. And luckily, David is uh, keen to anthropology type idea that. I couldn't help it but trying to translate the, the culture behind what they're talking about. You know, there's a whole... Kicking the shit out of each other. Well, here's what, here's what <laughs> I'm glad she brought that up because the guy said that the specific fighter, yeah. he's he's not good at his kicks and knees, but he's 
better at? What did he say? What was the I, word he said? I don't remember which part. He's, uh, no, remember. Oh, God, it just... They're humble or something. It's like the Japanese, but... So is there a different rhythm to the language, you know? Because fighter having, like, a boxer, you know, I will whoop you (laughs) on Saturday night. Is there a cadence to their... their, (laughs) The way they they speak staccato, or are they totally (laughs) chill? It's not like the UFC where they're trying to make their... Right, right. (laughs) No, so they sound really... I look into your eyes and I see a little boy crying. The <laughs> <laughs> petals will fall. One time we saw Tom Morocco say that about us. Uh, psych him out. Yeah. Who is he? Tito Santana. He was fighting Tito Santana. And, you know, the spiel with wrestling is almost bigger than the fight. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, and he goes, Tito Santana, I look into your eyes and I see a little boy crying. <laughs> I love that. Tom Morocco is the guy who invented the uh, pile driver. No way. Don Morocco, yeah. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Well, the pilot driver's... That's a good move. Yeah, good move. Good move. move. In fact, somebody just got killed from a pilot driver. People say wrestling's fake and stuff. The old boxing, they had good spiels. I remember Oscar Bonavena, best known for the the first guy to knock down Muhammad Ali, but at the press conference, I remember as a kid, it was at the forum, one of the first fights they had there, and he's like, Hey, Clay, why you no go to army? I will show you on Saturday night. <laughs> Just classic, you know. <laughs> we'll see you on Saturday night on pay-per-view. That was before pay-per-view if yeah. it was Clay. You know. Yeah, it was closed yeah. circuit, um, yeah. which was... Oh, yeah? Well, actually, pay-per-view, and you go to some place like the Warner, right? Yeah, right. Well, I, you uh, know, big movie theater, and they have, you know... Uh, you had to go somewhere. Vegas, yeah. Some closed bro. circuit. Yeah. What, what, what do you think of this tap-out? Is this kind of related... What about the Gracie thing and the oh, like? Yeah. Anything goes except submission. for eye gouging and yeah. Submission. Much different. Not, doesn't really have Asian, except maybe uh, jujitsu. Yeah, I don't know the whole history, but the Gracie know. brothers. This kind of thing where you, it's not this dynamic slam, slam, yeah, slam. It's more about p- getting position on the cat and okay. making him su- yeah submit. It's called submission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had it here dominance. in Pedro. It's called yeah. the, the organization was called Tap Out. Mm-hmm. And you could do everything but eye gouge and crotch grabs. Well, I thought and tap, bite. Tap, there's, a, there's a clothing company affiliated with mixed martial arts called Tap Out. So that's what I thought you were talking See, about. the Tap Out, when you give the Tap Out, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of it's holds. Out. You can get out. Uh, what, what the, the, those holds are basic, basically, you, you get into an uh, advantage mm. position yeah. that you. Uh, you have the options now. But it, it's, the option of breaking it. <laughs> but the, it's a lot yeah. closer to, to uh, Greco. Wrestling than the Asian kind of thing. It's just about positioning your body on hold. Sometimes it's moving very slow. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. You have the they call it the gentle art or the, yeah. the smooth mm-hmm. art. But it's like twisting the guy's arm. <laughs> <laughs> so is it huge in Thailand? I mean, is it like football here in America? I mean, no, do they fill no, arenas and uh, you know? I grew up in Thailand, and boxing is considered sort of blue collar yeah. class. People, yeah, it's gambling. Gambling yeah. Kind of like here, yeah. yeah. I know there's gambling at the at, at the bouts. Oh, they're like right? shady about it. They're yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like where they have like high lie, where they hand you a, a cut off, yeah, you know, a tennis ball cut in half, and you put your little bet in there. <laughs> wow. But, but I mean, uh, looking up in you know what's going on in Thailand with that is, of course, you know, the commercializing the idea that yeah. Muay Thai is becoming. Supporting it. It's, it's, Muay Thai is very uh, effective for MMA training. 
And so there's two things going on there. It's uh, the Muay Thai and the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that is very, um, is very good to train with. So there's a lot of camps that popped up in Thailand, all over Bangkok, or, and some beach towns that uh, specifically train you on Muay Thai and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's just that. another, wow. yeah, I just found this out recently, because um, I've been looking around on what's going on there. Different and disciplines it, merging. It's just, I think, how do anything does tourists want to go there and train? Yeah. And there's money I'll to be made. Part. Yeah, money to be made, so there's a lot of camps. It's all about so what the one trainer said. Said oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on Sorry. the other side, once I uh, was translating th this thing for David, yeah. and, and the trainer uh, was kind of uh, comparing the true Thai um, kickboxer versus tourists that come through. Yeah. And he's just kind of, you know, saying in passing, it's like, oh, yeah, tourists, are, they can be good, but they usually come to Thailand for girls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in a way, it's, uh, it means that. that People have to be completely living the life to get as good as, as that they want to be, not because they become a tourist and they do it out of, out of hobby. Yeah. You know, so there's that whole lifestyle, which is rings true to most martial arts, I think. You know, like in Kung Fu or... Yeah, if I go there to train, I'm going to check out the... Women too, right? <laughs> no, but it's well, not if you're good in Thailand, Thailand. <laughs> it's like, I mean, if you're going to be in a BOC, you're going to know about garlic. You're not going to just know burden for you and the mm. reaper, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is some music. Yeah. <laughs>
show our last chunk of music uh, started off untitled because this was at a live gig in um, October 2nd 2008 Joe Berardi Emily Abe Matoka Honda I think it was in Downey in some uh, park inside like a multi-purpose room and they had somebody doing that kind of a booted oh god it's some kind of interpretive dance at Budo Budo yeah in fact, one of the masters Real lives slow. in L.A. Yeah, and trippy. Yeah. Very trippy. So you can't experience that on the recording, of course. But um, they were reacting to it because it's improvised. And I'm going to go see... Well, two of them are going to play just before the gig i got to do tonight. In Long Beach, I'm going to go downtown L.A. Near Al's Bar area, which I haven't been to in a long time. It's changed down yeah, there I've quite a bit. I've played that place for 20 years. Yeah. That's where they built a lot of the new sort of condos. It's, mm. yeah, it's, it's around 3rd and... Uh, attraction. Is Al's Bar still there? Yeah, I was just there the other night. No. No, no, of course it is. <laughs> when the Neon Museum <laughs> left uh, like about the same years. time. Uh, Joe Biza lived upstairs. Huh? Bloom's General Store. Oh, is that right? I was right there. This is some pad called Metropol or something. That's a cafe. Oh, yeah, cafe Metropol. You know it? Yeah. Okay, that's where it is. Shut the music at 10. It's at, well, 8 o'clock's the thing. I got to play. Yeah, that used lot. to be an Anything Goes Neighborhood. You know, crazy like Gideon's. And then we uh, heard Industrial. something. Uh, oh, what about me? <laughs> yeah. Bring them back. Respectful <laughs> restriction yeah. by the band Now. Something live they did in uh, Tokyo. And then from Belgium, we heard. Uh, Donker Duschen by Jan van Get Band. So, Donker Duschen is that your scatological piece of the week? Uh, well, Van, <laughs> when you see it like that, it means from, like Dirk Vandenberg, okay. like Dirk from the Hill. So Van yeah. Get, if you know about um, Belgium, that's one of the big towns. So it's probably uh, John from. Yeah, I've played there a few times. They had this one building pad. It had a, in the front of the pad, it had a big um, Coca-Cola, this is done like bass relief kind of thing, you know, breaking out of the front of the thing. Yeah, not an advertisement, like some kind of art, art thing. 
question. One time, one time we played there. Sonic Youth was playing. We chowed in a restaurant. Did I ever tell you about this? Where I got off. Lee had this big bottle of Johnny Walker and. Uh, you got a watch show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, so I drank the whole fucking thing. Hurled and, all over. And then. Uh, <laughs> Peak. Happy New Year. <laughs> Let me tell a story about. It. <laughs> I'm asking the waiter for the head because I got to piss, and uh, I'm. I never got the chance to be enlightened, or maybe I was, but I didn't understand. So I, I just started pissing in the planter thing behind the table. <laughs> you didn't bring a bottle with you or anything, huh? No yeah, piss bottle. You should have pissed in a bottle, man. I mean, should have pissed it. And then it would have been full cycle. <laughs> the plants flourish, flourish, so they forgave him. Still alive. So Thurston <laughs> took me and uh, in my clothes. Takes me to the tell and puts me in the shower. The, uh, the old style Europe pads. The, the showers ain't any different than the head. You know, it's all tiled, and there's the shower head. And, you know, it ain't a little booth or something. He just turns it on. I'm in the coat and the Levi's and flannel, and, and I just conked all soaking wet. You know, laying there. And I woke up. Was, that's my Gent. That's what from Gent story. Gent. <laughs> But I'm sorry yeah, I, didn't, I didn't puke for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll tell you a story where I did puke. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is in New it's York high City. heaven. I think it was in the late 90s or something. And uh, Were they gobbing on you at a show? I go to this place. I remember Evan was there. Evan Dano was there. And they got stooges on the jukebox. So I'm drinking the bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon and playing bourbon. the fucking... Stooge, same Stooges songs over and over, and so the people at the pad get kind of upset. You know, singing along. So I get booted out, and it just uh, snowed, so everything covered, white, white. I don't know, it was kind of a protest thing, so I puked out there in front of their pad into the white protest. Uh, protest. Snow. Are you sure it wasn't? The fact that you played We Will Fall like three times and that guy... It wasn't. It was like Blues and, and TVI because it was Rodney <laughs> stuff and I kept over and over. You know, nobody got their lame... So that's why Iggy up. hired you. I knew there was a secret reason. That's no, cool. Iggy wasn't there. But he heard uh, about Evan it. Dando was our member because I think he was got kicked out with me for hollering and singing it too. Ah! I remember. I live for people like you. But that's... Now that's only wish that's we had peak there. there. I got some other Capture stories, but not photos. that many. I got one where I puked in my beard and had to wash it in the toilet. What? You have time for it? Be more informative. Yeah, we got informative. Yeah, well, what happened was... Who was this with? Which band? Yeah, that's like a major flavor saver. In Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> if you know Pittsburgh, it's got very Meal steep saver. hills. Meal saver. And... Uh, it's a row, a bunch of brownstone, and I park the boat, you know, and I, they all go to the pad. I can't tell what pad they went into. I'm hollering, you know, the streetcar name desire thing. Yeah, and, uh, no, and I don't know where they are. So I go conk in the boat Georgie. in the driver's seat. Because oh, the angle of the boat is so steep, I'm thinking, well, I'll hold on to the steering wheel. <laughs> You know, you know, I conk, I let go of the steering wheel, and I end up, of course, by the pedals on the deck, and it's actually, the boat's shaking because the 
it's, oh, no. I think it was too close to fire hydrant. They're, they're t- going to tow it away. And I had drank all this vodka and puked it in. I had a big beard, and so I puked it in there, and the tow truck driver was pretty freaked out. On this. Yeah. So I just, he said, you can pay me, man. So I, I paid them, and they didn't oh, tow man. the boat. And I still didn't know where the, my guys are. And, uh, but there's a Howard Johnson's down the street. Was that? And so I go down. Howard oh, Johnson's a kind of a restaurant hotel thing. They had good fried so clams. Down, it's like fucking a pimped up Denny's with no. arms. A pimped up Denny's with a hotel, basically. Yeah, you it's know? not even pimped up. <laughs> pimped and down. I That's why it's called Hojo. And, uh, the faucet ain't working in that. Oh, no. And I gotta get this puke out of my beard. And the people are looking at me as stinks. So there's no piss or dirt in the, Brilliant. in the toilet. So I just, and it was one of them pressure kind, you know, with the handles. So I just, bunch no. of things, and I got it. Oh, man. And you know what? He wouldn't oh, shave man. the beard until the end of the tour. And, um, he has yeah. this in his freezer, actually. It's freezer. Okay. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Brother Matt. Yeah. Of course, yeah. thank you, Brother Matt, for yeah. the Yeah, and our host. It's essential. Skipper Jeff for pulling into the Grotto birth here and <laughs> cool. turning us on to some great infos. Honored. Bob making the hell ride from Echo Park. Wow. Um, speak and new man David for yeah. that's my middle name. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> making even further hell ride from Val. Dave, Studio Mark. City. Oh, Echo, wait. Oh yeah, Echo Park will be co- the closer. Look, you go over the hill to get to Studio even City. Down, yeah. I know. I've had yeah. to, it's thirty-eight miles when I prac with Kay. She's like Madrona and uh, yeah. No, no. What's that, that one called? Moore Park in. Uh, do a cold water, but that'd be. You know what Moore Park is spelled backwards. Whitley, Whitslet. Anybody? Whitset. 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 Moore Park spelled backwards is crap room. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> keeps going west until you do hit Moore Park. <laughs> well, in honor of Guy Saxon, I'll say that he's the first guy to make sense on the thing with uh, dogs and unconditional love because. Dogs spelled backwards is God's. So yeah, that's that right. Makes sense, right? Yeah, some people think so. Some kind of major conspiracy is <laughs> Sure. And Noon spells the same thing. Palindrome. Palindrome. Okay, with that, we say uh, goodbye to July 11, 2009. Watch for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>